Well, hello and welcome. This is Story You Talk Radio, and it is my delight to spend this hour with you. Every Thursday at 4 o'clock, we come to you live. I love to take your calls and your texts and your emails and provide for you a little free coaching here because I help you with the stories of your life. I work with first, second, and third time authors who are putting together books of memoir and self-development and self-improvement and books that support their brands and help them really express their voice out in the world. If that's you, I'd love to know what you're up to with your writing and if you could use a hand or if you want to find out if you qualify for one of my writing programs, you can find out a little bit more at www.coachdebbie.com. And Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y, coachdebbie.com. You can also just drop an email to me and just start the conversation. Tell me a little bit about what you're writing about. And that's askcoachdebbie at gmail. And again, that's spelled D-E-B-B-Y, askcoachdebbie at gmail.com. And I promise you, I'm the only one that's reading it. So today, you are probably like many, many, many of us, and you might be thinking, you know, I could use a little more support in the world. We're living in some pretty extreme times right now. But it doesn't mean that your life has to become chaotic. It might mean that it already has brought to you some some issue, some situation, some circumstance that feels a little chaotic. But it doesn't mean that your whole life, or that your whole life story for that matter, has to be chaotic. It might feel like you could use a little coaching. And what I want to assure to you is that coaches are people that are trusted for holding your story. That's what we do. We are across from you either via the phone line or uh, across from you in a, a shared space or via Zoom or a conference call. But our whole job is to listen and hold space for your story because we're aware that you're feeling a certain disconnect from it. That in some degree it's not working for you right now. And I really feel like when when a coach does that for me, I mean good coaches get coached, right? When a coach does that for me, it's almost as if that coaching session offers a doorway to more of an honest connection for me to stop some of that chaos and and to really get connected with some of the noise in my head and recognize it as that. What is the noise? And what can I do about it? Like I said, when we are living and noticing the stories of our life and the values that we live by too, we're often very, very aware of our situation and circumstance, but 
How do we come back to our center and to our balance and live the way we want to, especially when we're in sort of chaotic times that just really feel like they're out of control? I have to tell you, uh, I, I have lived through many times where I had to go through something alone. And I felt far more out of control then than I do right now. In fact, I've started to wonder if I had to go through some of that so that I, I could be somewhat centered right now or in other times. I mean, I, I don't have a magic pill for our times, but I do know how to be with fear. And when I've gone through things all by myself, wow, I really had to find someone who would sit across from me and help me with fear because usually fear says to us loud and clear, this is too big. I don't want to do it. I want to go home. I don't like this. And the best way to deal with fear is to enlist someone we can trust to go through it with us. And in, in these times right now, I keep saying these times because I heard they're going to edit out anytime we say those code numbers and code words. <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to trick the powers that be and not say it out loud, but you know what we're talking about. But anytime we go through something big, you know, it's always helpful to go through it with someone. And this time, the whole world, the whole world's going through it. So that might work to our advantage in some weird and funny way. I'm going to take your calls today, and I am going to take your texts and I am especially going to take your Facebook messages. I got a lot of screens in front of me. I'm doing this from home. It, it's a little chaotic here. But if you want the quickest access to me, uh, go to Facebook Messenger and just type up that question. And we'll, we'll get going on it. Okay, any question at all. We're really talking about the idea of what does it look like to feel supported and to get coached, but whatever you want to talk about works just fine for me. So my first question to you while I reach for a sip of water is, how has your life changed in the last week or two or three? Mm. Oh, I love my water. How has your life changed in the last week or two or three? I'm guessing that you might be at home a little bit more. I'm also guessing that you might, if you live with other people, you might be around them a little bit more. I'm guessing that you might be feeling a little more stress. And you might be really, really confronted by your feelings. Now, when our life is status quo, <laughs> we we can get away with getting busy or going to the gym or getting into our hobbies, doing whatever we want to do to kind of get away from our feelings. But when everything changes, you don't really have a lot of choice. Your feelings kind of 
knock at the the door of your heart and really start to spin out and end your mind. They might even tap on your eardrums and talk to you as you're trying to go to sleep. And what I find is that feelings just want our attention. If you're used to attending to your feelings, then you probably aren't feeling very chaotic at all. But if you're not used to it, or if you've always had another way to manage how you would work it out, like I have a good friend who plays this game called squash, and he goes to the gym and he just smashes this ball off the walls. I don't really even understand how you how you win or you gain points or anything like that. But according to him, this is a great way to work with feelings and that he always comes back feeling refreshed. And I know the science behind that. He has to concentrate so hard at the game of squash that he stops overthinking. And anytime we're not overthinking, guess what happens? That little part of our brain, what do we call that? That amygdala, you know, that little part that starts to fly, starts to flee, starts to fawn, starts to mess it all up. That part of our brain gets quieted down. It's not so noisy in there anymore. And the stuff that needs to rise to the surface, because it's our wisest self, it begins to come forward. But if your gym isn't open and you can't go and play squash, what are you to do? What are you to do when all of your habits and all those places and all those strategies you had up and running break down? Well, you might need to talk to someone. And that's where coaching is really, really important Coaching is kind of like therapy in that it's one-on-one, but it's not like therapy in that we, we don't rely only on psychology. We rely far more on the experience of just being human. I, I would say coaching relies a lot on, on anthropology and sociology and patterns and habits and and just how we as a culture and as humans get along. Coaching is more of a peer-to-peer as opposed to seeing what you might call a specialist, a specialist in psychology. Uh, a coach is really someone who holds that space for you to talk about whatever it is you need to talk about. And the whole the whole unfolding of a drama starts to take place. And I often find that even though I'm in no way against therapy, I've benefited tremendously from therapies, uh, I find that coaching can be a place to check in, sit down, get centered, deal with a topic, and go home feeling refreshed and maybe not even needing another session after that. Therapy is more of a commitment, and it's a commitment to 
real change. And I'm not saying coaching isn't, but coaching works on the continuum in that you get to decide if you want to sign up for transformation. That's the kind of coaching I do. I I ask people to commit to three months. And I give people a taste of coaching when they write into the show. But coaching can be that 30-minute session where you say, listen, coach, I've got this on my mind, and you and the coach come up with a strategy or two, and you're off and running back in your life. And it doesn't mean that everything's fixed. It just means that you've got a strategy, and you can reach in your pocket, and you can turn to something that feels like it honors you as a human being. It welcomes you back into that experience of being human. And that's what we're all going through. Sometimes I I think of our feelings as not the weather forecast, but the weather outcome. So when you wake up in the morning, you might see on your phone that it's forecasted to be 70 degrees and sunny. And you think, oh, that just sounds wonderful. Oh, I'm so glad I looked at the forecast. But you step outside and you find out the truth. The truth is it's only 56 degrees and it's overcast. And it really looks like some black clouds are coming your way. And that rain is pending. So when you're dealing with your feelings, you're dealing with that. The real weather the real weather of the situation. It's not so much about what was forecasted for you. Feelings are about what's here and what's here right now and what you got to deal with. But I think part of the reason that our real life stories and our feelings feel so tough sometimes is that we're looking out and and we see the big clouds rolling in and we're we're just trying to figure out can i deal with that and what's my day going to be now that i i realize the 70 degrees and sunshine is not the immediate situation in fact in 5 minutes i could end up in a real downpour we find that we're, we're separated from knowing how to deal with how we feel about that. And so feelings can come flying in at us at that moment. Uh, a very common feeling is to be very angry. You know, I expected 70 degrees and sunshine and it's not here. Uh, another real common feeling is fear. Oh, no. I've got all this stuff I've got to carry. How am I going to do it in the rain? I I didn't plan for the rain. So fear and anxiety set in. Uh, and, and sometimes people go straight to gloom, which is, oh, no. No, no, I won't be able to do this. I need to call the whole thing off. None of these are really out of the ordinary. They're, they're part of the real human condition and because they're real 
And because they play a huge part in the stories we live by, it is really important that we know how to deal with them. Feelings come and feelings go quickly. But if we don't know how to deal with them, feelings seem to hang around. And it seems like they hang around for a god-awful amount of time. So what I want to do today is to welcome you to get coached. And it doesn't matter if you are a coach or if you've never been coached before. There's probably some question on your mind that is due to the state of affairs we're in. And I just want to welcome you to bring it to the table. You can stay completely anonymous or we can have a conversation. It's completely up to you. I'm broadcasting live from KKNW, 1150 AM. We're going to take a real quick break right now. But when we come back, we're going to dive into your questions and iron out some of those real feelings from the stories of our lives. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. What do Mick Jagger, Barbara Walters, and Star Jones all have in common? They've all suffered from something called heart valve disease. Heart valve disease affects 11 million Americans, and if left untreated, can lead to death. Unfortunately, less than one in four Americans have much knowledge of this disease that kills more than 25,000 people every year. The good news is that if heart valve disease is treated, patients can recover and live long, happy, and productive lives. But in order to treat heart valve disease, you need to know if you have it. If you or your loved ones are over the age of 65, have been treated with radiation to the chest, have been diagnosed with a heart murmur, or have a history of heart disease, it's time to listen to your heart. Ask your doctor today about screening for heart valve disease. A message sponsored by Heart Valve Voice U.S. For more information about the symptoms and treatment for valve disease, go to heartvalvevoice-us.org. Alternative Talk 1150, the talk of the sound. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. This is Coach Debbie, and I am here in Seattle, Washington. And today we are talking about the stories you live by. In fact, we do that every single Thursday here, right at 4 p.m. But the subtopic of our show is why might you choose right now to get a little coaching? And I'm really addressing the fact that sometimes we get separated from our feelings. Our feelings can, can seem very, very big to us when we're not sure how to deal with them, when our circumstances have changed, when we are anxious for a solution, and when we're just not sure where to turn. 
even though I have some time as a coach, you better believe I'm on the phone these days with my big questions for coaches. In fact, one question I took to my business coach recently was, what do I do when I mixed friendship with business? In other words, I took on a friend as a client, and now I'm in a real sticky wicket regarding business. And I feel like I didn't necessarily use my best judgment. I, I feel like I made a rash decision. And I needed to go to her because I've been in business for five years as a life coach. And she's been in business for 10. And I needed her experience. So we got into that. I shared my feelings around it. I shared where I was feeling foolish And in 20 minutes, I was off and walking again and feeling like, you know what? I do have some wisdom inside of me. But when I get separated from it, for any reason at all, it feels like I'm far, far, far from making the best decision for myself. So I'm inviting you to write in today. And we're we're getting some textures, so I'm going to start taking your questions. Colleen, you are the first person who wrote in on Facebook Messenger, and I remember the first time you wrote to me, it was um, in regards to teaching. So I want to thank you for coming back and trusting me with your question here. Colleen from Seattle writes in and says, thank you for offering this topic today. Sometimes I feel like I am wandering aimlessly without a flashlight in a jungle. I can't see the way to the clear path that I was just on. And I wonder if there's a lion out there just about to capture me. I remember in a recent show, you talked about metaphor and dreams and how they can come up and startle us at times when we are not sure how to deal with our anxiety. That seems to be my status quo lately. I work in education, everything seems to be falling apart, and I'm supposed to hold things together for my kids. Whatever you can shed light on now would be most welcoming. Okay. Uh Colleen, you know you're not alone, and yet I think you know that you probably feel alone. Anytime I've gone through challenges in my career, my first thought when anxiety creeps in is, I'm the only one going through this, and I've got to manage it. I've got to find a way to manage it. But the the funny thing is we forget that there's five people, 500 people, 5,000 people, 500,000 people, 5 million people that are either going through it or have gone through it. But what's important is that while you know you are going through something and you're feeling anxious, that you know where to reach because... No one wants you to be in a jungle without a flashlight 
and believing what did you say you have a tiger on a tiger a bear a lion i forgot what you said <laughs> but that you're you're in grave danger is what you're sharing here so what i want to welcome you to think about is that you're in new territory you've identified that with this image it feels pretty scary but how might you remember that this is a metaphor these tigers, this darkness, this jungle. This is a metaphor for fear, but all the safety that you've ever had before in your life, it lives in your wisdom. And you can bring that wisdom to the forefront. So what in the past has helped you find your wisdom? I can tell you for me, one thing that's helpful is just listening to my fear. You're, you're doing a real good job with that. You're listening to the fact that your fear looks like you're staring a, a lion in the eyes and that there's no clear path here. Uh, you, might, you might feel like it's all up to you and you're the only one out there. But what would it be like if you got curious about the idea that your wisdom can bring you back to something just a little more simplistic, a little more regimented in your day? So let's say you had to take a call from one of your students right now, and one of your students was saying the same thing to you that you're saying to me? What if your student called you up and said, listen, I absolutely don't know how I'm going to do this history assignment online. I, I, I'm scared out of my mind. I've never done online before. Your wisdom would tell you to advise that person that they've been in new things before and what they did was they put one foot in front of the other and they, ju they just took it one step at a time. So you might ask your student, what is the first step? What is the first step you could take that feels familiar? And that this is where it's really key because you're helping that person align again with themselves. Their fear tells them, just like your fear might be telling you, I have no safety here, but you actually do. You actually do if you go back to your memory of what is step one when I'm doing something new. And maybe step one is to do anything that's familiar. For a student, it might be it's time to do a little reading. Step one isn't worried about how they're going to all of a sudden acclimate themselves to an online discussion forum when they've never done that before. Step one is to actually read the chapter, get familiar with the content, just like if we were in a regular classroom, feel a little confident about the content, and then maybe get ready for step two, which is to read the homework assignment and pick the question they feel is strongest at and then maybe take out a notepad 
and write down what would their answer be to that question they feel they can answer. You're going to find as you guide your students, you're really guiding yourself and you're guiding yourself back to the notion that all of us are in this together and all of us are putting one foot in front of the other and we have to start with the things we know. The thing I know best is I know to get quiet and to read. I know that I'm strong in my reading. I know that I can find areas where I feel like, like I'm capable of having conversation. You, you might offer that advice to your student and you might take that advice for yourself. Another thing for you, Colleen, or for anyone listening is that anytime we feel like we're being chased by a lion or we're out in the jungle by ourselves, or we left our flashlight at home, <laughs> boy, do I know that one. Um, we, we really, we, we start to react and anytime we react, we're going farther and farther from our wisdom and deeper and deeper into danger feelings. You don't want to be there. And you don't have to be there. But it's going to feel that way if you believe you have to muster the energy to hold the entire world all by yourself. You're not in this by yourself. And you're going to have to find those people you can reach out to and talk to. And you're going to have to become really good witnesses of the current story for each other. My guess is you're working with really competent faculty, and I am sure that there are plenty of people that would be happy to take a 10-minute call and say, yeah, I am in this too. And instead of turning into a, a session where we moan a lot and groan a lot, you know, maybe take a minute or two or three to do that, but then take more time to really hear each other, to really hear what is the number one concern. And it might be something like, I can't do this. It feels too big. And then what would your first bit of advice be to that friend? Because she or he is going through the same thing you're going through. And it might be step one. You know what step one is. Step one is to really simplify things, to really look at your system of organization and to just take that first step. We know what it is. We just forget because fear, fear just feels really, really big. Need another sip of water here. Sometimes I think about how, how fear plays out when the telemarketers, I'm just going to use this as an example right now. Um, a friend of mine said that she has this little thing on her phone that blocks telemarketers. And I said, why? Oh, why, not, why not just send it straight to voicemail? Why pay for a service? And she said, I don't want to deal with them. Well, that was kind of an indication she was dealing with fear. So I just probed a little and said, how, how come? 
how how come it's hard to deal with them instead of just pushing that little red button that sends them straight to voicemail and she said because it it you know it they're probably going to sell me something and i i don't want to buy it i don't i don't want to have to go through it and i said you feel pressured and she said yeah i feel pressured and i said okay i get that i understand now and she said, I, I feel pressured by you now, too. And I said, no, no, I, I really, I was doing a little research there. I wanted to know what your fear was about. And she goes, I'm not afraid. And I said, oh, that's interesting. Because I'm thinking you you might have handled it by yourself if you weren't afraid. It's really just a matter of pushing that little red button. And then, you know, Later, she came back and said, you know what? I didn't realize it. I really I really have grown afraid of telemarketers. They seem so swift and so smooth. And when I'm expecting a call, I just answer. And the next thing you know, I'm in this call. And it honestly sounds like something I need. And I can't make a decision. And I said, see, I, I hear your anxiety. So I think you've done an excellent choice by hiring that system. And she went, oh, I thought you, I thought you thought it was a terrible choice. And I said, no, I, I thought it was terrible that you weren't dealing with your fear. But now what I'm hearing is that you really did meet your fear. You really did listen to your fear and your fear said, I want a system in place for this. And you purchased one and now it's all taken care of. And I think that's great. And some people might think that, per, you know, buying something, paying your hard-earned dollars for something instead of just, you know, clicking that little red phone icon and sending it to voicemail uh, is a waste of money and is a way of getting out of dealing with your fear. But fear actually has a lot of different levels to it. And that's why coaching is so important, is we can sometimes deal with that first level of fear. Let's find a way to employ a new system and get you back to work. That, that's a real baseline level of dealing with fear. But another level is to realize, after you've done that, that Fear has a deeper message sometimes, and it, it wants to talk more. And so it might say, do I really need to keep this system in place? Do I really need to have a system that sends telemarketers away, blocks them? And when you're dealing with that kind of fear and you're genuinely open one of the tricks that a coach uses, and I want you to use this on yourself, is ask yourself if you were to genuinely be curious about the telemarketer, not, not a, a buyer, but curious about your fear, would you pick up and listen to them? So I just want to push this just a little bit further. Uh, level one fear says, I need a solution. I'm going to buy a package. It's going to deal with the telemarketers, and then I don't have to think about it. And that's not a bad idea at all. 
But if you don't want to pay for that service anymore, you could go into the fear a little deeper with a coach or by yourself and get curious. What would happen if I picked up the phone and I was just curious about my fear while the telemarketer was on the other line? If you were doing that, you'd realize you don't have to buy anything. You're just curious what they're up to. You are not in the business of buying. You're in the business of curiosity right now. And as soon as you find out what they're selling, whether it sounds interesting to you or not, you thank them for calling, tell them you wish to decline, and you hang up. Because your whole goal was to find out what is it like to be curious and sit side by side with my fear instead of engage it, feel like I have to carry the whole world on my shoulders, make a decision, get involved, la la la, right? Doesn't that feel different to just be curious instead of being called to make lots of decisions right now? Because again, it's just taking one step. Because if they really want your business, they'll call back and you'll get to buy later. So that's just one example of how to start to move into fear and dismantle it from being so big. That's what coaches do. And that's something you can do for you. We're going to come right back after this break. And like I said, I am taking your questions, taking your emails, and taking your text messages from Facebook Messenger. We will be right back. What is hope? Hope to me was just that he would get to come home. I had no idea how hard it would be once he got back. I wish she'd stop drinking so much. She thinks it's helping, but it's not. I act like I don't care if he comes to my games. But I hope he does. I hoped he'd get help. He told me to stop asking. I didn't. Then one day he asked for a ride. Hope is knowing there are other families just like yours, that the veterans they love got help and recovered. Go to maketheconnection.net and turn hope into action. Are you ready for something real, raw, upfront, and honest? Then tune in each Wednesday at 2 p.m. right here for Love from the Hip. I am spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and the host, Sakura Sutter. This show is unlike anything you have ever heard and was created to help others to help themselves. Hear me follow up with guests I have hypnotized and see how it has improved their lives. I will also spotlight amazing people from around the world. Their skin tips, live readings, and answers to life's burning questions. Join us each Wednesday at 2 p.m. This message is from the National Council on Aging. Adults over age 60 are at higher risk for the COVID-19 coronavirus because they may have weaker immune systems or chronic health conditions. The Centers for Disease Control recommends older adults avoid crowds and people who are sick. Wash your hands and disinfect surfaces often. Keep a two-week supply of food and medicine on hand. Learn more at ncoa.org. Bored with the other stations? Hammering away on the same old talking points? Try Alternative Talk 1150 and get some variety. 
And welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. If you are just turning in, today we are talking about getting coached and ways that you can even coach yourself. Working with the notion that usually when we are needing a little coaching, it's because our wisdom, which is always inside of us, feels like it's gotten away from us and it usually feels that way because something's changed our circumstances our situation in the world today if you're listening live a whole lot has changed for the whole world and we're going through this together we are in a funny way in it together and this is a real good time to get coached and to slow down some of that busyness of our life. I don't think it necessarily means to take a full-blown break and enter into the Cadillac version of Netflix and put your feet up and not take them down for a month. I don't know if it means that, but I would say that it means finding a way to rest while there is a certain amount of mess. How are you going to meet the new needs that have come your way? And how are you going to see it through, whatever that is that you need to carry through, whether it's your job or whether you've been sent home and all of a sudden your tiny little kids have been sent home with you and pure mayhem is breaking out? How are you going to deal with just the busyness of your mind? Because I know that when I'm dealing with big change, my mind gets real busy looking for a solution. In fact, I, this is probably a good time to share with you. I got I have a lot of screens in front of me and I'm doing this from home, so just bear with me here. I want to see if anybody's waiting with a question. Um, but I did want to share with you that we have, we've all been through times when we've gone through something and it, it definitely felt like we were the only one in the world going through it at the time. And maybe in our close circle, that was true. I, I really feel because this is what they're calling a pandemic, we're kind of we're kind of being gifted the fact that there are people reaching into their strength at the same time that we are, and they're reaching into their listening skills and all of that good stuff. In a way, we're going through it together. And that is very, very, very different than feeling like you are the only one on the planet going through something. And you've probably been there. I, I can tell you I have. If you, were, if you were a child who was bullied, there was probably that intrinsic psychology of yours that first thought you were the only kid in the classroom getting bullied might have taken you a long time to realize it was happening to other children too. And one of the ways the fear starts to compound is when you realize it's happening to other children and maybe you wanted 
you wanted to go through it with another kid, but to align with that child meant that you could bring more bullying in your direction. And so the mind, the mind is really funny when it gets scared. I've studied a lot about fear because it fascinates me and because I've had so much of it. <laughs> but I, I've come to understand that fear is so normal. What, what isn't necessarily serving us is our, our inability to recognize that we can deal with it the moment it starts to come up. It, it's, it's, our, it's almost our nature to postpone it. So if we were a child who was bullied, or if in later years we were a teen who, um, what's another big fear, uh, coming of age? Maybe we were a teen that went through huge, huge peer pressure. Or maybe in your 20s, you, you were really part of fear because maybe you married early and you had children early and none of your friends did. And all of a sudden, you had to make a lot of decisions. Maybe in, let's think of your 30s. What are fears of your 30s? I, I know one fear I had as in my 30s was, I haven't made it yet. I remember I had this milestone 30th birthday where I thought, oh, I should know the answers of the world by now, and I don't. I have failed. And and my fear level just really, really grew, especially in my 29th year. I kept thinking, i got to have this all together by the time I turned 30. But what was really going on? It was my busy mind was my busy mind throwing me into more chaos, more circumstance and situation that wasn't really mine to deal with on an intimate level. What was mine to deal with was the fact that I simply felt scared. And I needed to enlist someone to go through that with me, to coach me, to offer me therapy, to offer me a professional ear, to give me a little advice. What I said at the top of the hour is that coaches hold the space so that we, as the ones sitting in front of them, we can be with our fear and share what it is. When you're going through your fear all by yourself, you're so busy trying to manage it you can't hear what it's trying to tell you. It's usually trying to tell you something really simple. Like, I've never done this before. Or, I don't want to do this. Or, this wasn't the plan. These are, these are all the messages of fear. But when you're sitting across from someone who can hold space for you, you can start to work with that. Colleen called in earlier and she shared that right now having her teaching career shift so much makes her feel, and she didn't say afraid, but she used a metaphor. Um, I think she said out in the jungle without 
without proper lighting, with with a, a bear or a, a lion chasing her. And we can all relate to that. But keep in mind that while we are relating, while we are all right now going through big changes, it really, really behooves us to think that we're going through it together. It is so very, very difficult to deal with fear when you believe in the idea that you're the only one going through it that you're isolated in that fear, that no one gets it, that it's not going to go away anytime soon, that you've got to learn so dang much. When those thoughts start to, to churn away and your mind gets busy managing them, you, you're in trouble. But you're only in trouble for a moment. And it's the length of that moment between hanging out in that scary place and picking up the phone and calling for some help. You can get free help. You can get uh, time-sensitive help. You can get income-sensitive help. You can get very high-end and expensive help. But I say all that to let you know help is available regardless of where you're at regardless of where you live and regardless of your situation help is available because while we're going through this we are going to be confronted with fear i've noticed for myself and i i hope it it helps to share with you these things there are some things that feel pretty scary to me and other things that don't at all I don't feel afraid to possibly live in my home for two weeks and not see anyone. And the reason that doesn't feel scary to me is because I've, I've had to go through things like that before. And it was terrifying. But by going through it, I found skills. And now I feel very confident in those skills. I also have access to more technology than the last time I had to go through something where I was really tucked away and on my own. So because I have experience, that doesn't feel so big. And because it doesn't feel so big, I don't really feel much fear around that. If I was to put it on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being, you know, a giant fear, um, and one being low, I, I'd say, you know, maybe I have like a 1.5 or a 2 around it. But I do remember, I do remember going through things like this where I felt so isolated and it felt like a 10. And it felt like there was no one to help. So remember, there are a lot of people around to help. A lot of people. And it is time to shamelessly pick up the phone and say, hey, I could use your help right now. Do you have five minutes for me? Or could we make an appointment? Or whatever you need to say. There's other things that um, personally scare me a little more, like the fact that because I'm legally blind, I, I rely on public transportation 
and I live in an area where it's very good, but it's very possible that they're going to shut all that down. I hope not, but it's very possible. And if that happens, well, then I need to either go live with someone else for a while or I need to really count on the great strength of my legs and feet to walk me around. And there is a a central uh, market area about two miles from here. But, you know, the notion that that could change brings my fear level up to about a five or a six because I've never really lived in a city where I couldn't get around due to public transportation. So I'm feeling that. I'm feeling that. And I'm, I'm watching for that. But again, just to drive this message home, if that fear level started to bother me, I would call someone and I would say, I, I'm, I'm needing you to coach me through a little something here. This, this is starting to feel big to me. I need you to talk me away from my fear. Or maybe I need you to give me a ride. Maybe something like that. Because that's stepping into solution. Is just asking a friend. Could you give me a hand? Usually, friends say yes. Of course I can. Let's talk to the entrepreneurs who are feeling pretty dang fearful. This is a really great time. When you're needing to be coached, this is some of my best coaching for you. You, as an entrepreneur, you have a specialty. And I want you to think about digging even deeper into your creativity right now and how you might offer your specialty. Because you do need to keep making money. And there are ways you probably haven't thought of yet that you could continue If you call up a coach, you call up a good friend, you ask someone to hold that space so you can share your fear, my bet is you are going to think deeper and with more curiosity about your specialty. And really let yourself engage with people. Let yourself be available to technologies that maybe you haven't tried before, like Zoom, like Skype. Keep your phone close by. Go back to some old technologies like using voicemail. That was always a great thing. I'm always surprised when I find out there are people that don't use voicemail anymore. It's a fabulous technology. And if you knew you could hear the voice of your loved ones, wouldn't that calm down a sense of fear? I think it would. Remember, it is so much easier if you have to self-isolate to remove the, the notion of total isolation. You are not, you are not expected to totally isolate. In fact, I would strongly suggest you go through this with your people, even if that means FaceTime or phone time or Skype time or calling time. You find a way to be coached, to be loved, and to not be stuck in fear. That is not what this is all about. This is a time that we are all going through and we will all get through. I'm so glad you joined me today. I will be back every Thursday at 4 o'clock. 
and I will be offering more on this topic. And until then, my friends, please feel free to reach out to me at askcoachdebbie at gmail.com. Debbie is D-E-B-B-Y, askcoachdebbie at gmail.com. And until next week, namaste, my friends. <laughs>